Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, all type of shows. If you know anything about the King family, Jay King did some last minute Christmas shopping. Oh yeah. And by last minute Christmas shopping, I mean on the GameTime app, Christmas Eve, right before we handed out presents, I bought Celtics 76ers tickets for my brothers. And there you go. It worked. They got good seats. Beautiful, beautiful decision by me. Well, now game time is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Maybe late for Christmas. You may be able to buy it for something else. Surprise someone after Christmas. Maybe maybe you want a, a Festivus gift. I don't even know <laughs> when Festivus is. It's he, perfect for the last minute, though, because that's like what makes them so good. They sell all the way up to the final minute. So at any time, you use the game time app. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Player App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019, so make moves quick and score last-minute tickets do it like the kid and the King family. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Welcome back to Anything Is Potable. I'm Jay King from The Athletic, here with Sam Jam Packard, also from The Athletic. Jalen Brown with a big game on Christmas Day. That's going to lead our discussion. He's doing a lot of things, having really a breakout season of sorts. I think we can call it a breakout season. Yeah, a leap. He made a leap. A leap. Enough of a leap that he should be in the all-star discussion. I don't know in a crowded Eastern Conference what if he actually will make it, but he's definitely got a chance to make it. We're going to deba debate the merits of... His case, debate the merits of Jason Tatum's case. and Maybe battle them against each other. And then go over some of uh, my 10 predictions for the Celtics 2020. New year, new Celtics, new anything is potable podcast. Woo! So, so we'll start with the Christmas Day game. Jalen Brown just destroyed the Raptors. 30 points on 10 of 13 shooting. He had 16 points in the third quarter. Hit two just awesome pull-up jumpers. One was like crossover, bam, bop. Got oh, yeah. Rondé Haas Jefferson. And then shortly after that was whoop, woo, and <laughs> hit a turnaround jumper. A ridiculous over. one. They had no business hitting, but he hit it. Yeah. And so Jalen, I mean, he just continues to be efficient. He's shooting... 51%, I think, on the season, 39.1% from behind the arc, 75.2% from the free throw line, which is way better than he's ever been before. How surprised, I guess, are you by Jalen Brown's development this season and just the efficiency that he's brought night in and night out? I don't know because... Okay, okay, that's a bad question. How surprised are you? Dumbass question. <laughs> What about his development has impressed you the most? Going to the basket, dribbling, uh, his handle, being able to finish around the rim. He's like, 
I kind of see him as a guy who hit easy layups and then dunks, but finishing in traffic, finishing with his left hand was just something I feel like has come along this year, and he just seems to be very, very good at it. Um, and I guess beyond that, it's the consistency three-point shooting. Uh, he really started last year not great from beyond the arc and just not great in general. Um, but the track of last year, he's the ultimate like Kaizen growth mindset, always building, always going forward player, at least if you track the past two years, because he really finished the year out strong, really brought up his three-point percentage. And so I think the the way he's just more of a volume scorer this year is is putting those two together has been damn impressive. And I'm, I'm with Jalen being on the All-Star. I tweeted out November 11th that Jalen Brown was an All-Star. I've been on this bandwagon. He's been very, very good, and I think he absolutely deserves a spot. Okay, before we go any further... You're listening to Anything is Potable Podcast. This is the free episode. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic already, please do that. If you don't subscribe to our show already, you can do that on iTunes or Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. Listen to us every day. We've got one free show and one show behind the paywall every week. Um, Jalen Brown, is he an all-star? I don't know. I was looking at the Eastern Conference landscape, but we'll get we'll get to that discussion later. The improvement thing... We talked about the two crazy shots he hit against the Raptors and kind of the elite shot-making display he put on, which isn't the only one he's done lately. The play that, to me, highlighted his development the most was at the end of a shot clock, he gets the ball in like a dribble handoff pick-and-roll situation and dribbles to the paint, knows exactly what he's doing. He's not going to make a play for himself. He draws three defenders lobs a pass over the top to Ennis Cantor and fed Cantor for a wide open bucket. That to me just showed the patience. It showed the increased court vision. He's just reading the game at a much higher level, I think, than he did before. And you know from possession to possession that he's typically going to make a pretty good decision. And that hasn't always been the case for Jalen. Yeah. It hasn't always been the case on his drives. It hasn't always been the case with his passing. And his assists have gone up a little bit. His pick and roll usage has gone up a lot of bit. And, but most importantly, it just seems like his intelligence, his overall basketball intelligence has just kind of exploded this season to the point where like, it's it's not like he's Chris Paul out there or anything, but he's- he is doing some crazy stuff. It's just his passing or his like thinking, like just his uh, cross court passes. Uh, up for fast breaks have been impressive this year. It just seems like his, you're absolutely right, his decision-making, and I feel like the the Brad speak would be making the right read. And it feels like the, the play you described is him just like knowing that those three was going to be there. He's making the right read. And it's been uh, kind of impressive this year for him to get that much better. But I think the to transition to, I guess, the other guy we're talking about, I think Tatum's made a similar leap in that regard in terms of um, – just his decision making and his patience. I still think there's like more room to improve with Tatum, uh, but it feels like the whole team is kind of working on that and doing that very well together at this point. And Tatum's just equally as a part of that. Yeah, I think Tatum still has some shot selection issues to work out. Jalen, to me, has done a better job with the shot selection. If you look at just the patience he shows when he gets in the paint, it's nice. Like he used to just fly 115 miles an hour yeah. into the paint. But he still plays very much downhill, which is the thing that I think separates him from Tatum. Tatum will often pull up because he is a very good mid-range shooter. 
Whereas Jalen Brown knows that like his game is in attacking. And I think that's like, what's been the most impressive is like just how much pressure Jalen puts on the basket. And so I agree that like, that's where Tatum needs to kind of just keep going through contact. It's funny because we keep, you keep bringing up Tatum and it's like, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. And I think that in some ways is a curse for those guys that like when Jalen has a great game, Tatum doesn't get shot. Or when Tatum has a great game, Jalen doesn't get shot. Yeah. But I also think like for the Celtics. It's one of them good problems to have. <laughs> yes. Yes. And now right now they have three guys averaging 20 points per game. I believe they're the only team with that. And it's like barely. It it might not be the case. A game from now, two games. B Rob tweeted it. I'm holding that as doctrine. Um, yeah, we'll we'll trust B Rob in that one. But like, I think a lot is talked about the depth that the Celtics don't have, and I think that to some extent is true. The top end depth that they do have <laughs> is very rare. Like they don't have the super duper star that the Clippers have with Kawhi and Paul George or the Lakers have with LeBron and Anthony Davis or the Bucks have with Giannis. But they have four guys. They have four twos. They have four, like, second-best player on a championship team. Yeah, they have four Maybe, guys. Would you say Hayward is, like... Because I think Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Kemba could all be the second-best guy. On Hayward's like a, been maybe better than... Most of them when he's been healthy. So there you go. Four twos. <laughs> I mean, they have like, that's what their team is. They don't have like that one guy who's a star, but the depth beyond that. And then what do you, like, what do you count Marcus Smart as? It's just like the crazy, like pro winning wild card that's you need on your team. <laughs> and so the, the pro winning wild card, I like that. So like, how do you, I think that's the big question is like that. I don't think we've really seen a team built like that before that's been, successful and I but I also just don't think it's existed in like such a manner. The just, Pistons? Yeah, I think the Pistons there with I don't know who are their five Chauncey, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Ben Wallace, and Rashid Wallace. Is that five twos? Do you need yeah. five twos to defeat a one? <laughs> is Marcus Smart a two? And do they all But can that lineup play? That's the that's the crazy thing is that they have room to get uh I think, like, I think it brings up something we'll talk about with your prediction, but it's just like where they're playing pretty well right now. Uh, albeit they uh, played two nonsense games where uh, Taco Fall got to play, who's the new Geno, because they just blew the teams out. I actually blew Toronto out. It was very, very undermanned. Like, playing Toronto without Siakam isn't really like playing Toronto. Um, but they're playing really well right now with a lot of injuries. Like, where does this team have to grow? I like if there was one New Year's resolution, it would be like, can everyone can just like the five best players be healthy at the same time? That sounds like physical fitness. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another <laughs> side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to LeBron help James. you train your mind. LeBron James for LeBron James. Sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body is mine. Body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash Celtics, <laughs> you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves 
like rain on leaves and so much more like sleep stories and meditations. I almost laugh because it's like he likes rain on leaves. <laughs> but but honestly, the Calm app and the noise on it, it it's great. It it's works fantastic. It really does. Like I have trouble getting to sleep sometimes. Oh, I love the white noise machine. It, it's great. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual annual membership at calm.com. I love the website too, calm.com. Unlike, unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash Celtics. That's calm.com <laughs> slash Celtics. Well, I had a real struggle a when I first read that one, but you, you nailed it right there. Calm.com. Calm.com. You got you got to really <laughs> yeah. announce them differently, you know? Yeah, but you killed it. But anyway, second segment, we're going with all-star talk. All-star Woo. talk. Uh, so I think Kemba's going to be an all-star. I think... Why? He, if we're he, just talking about how great... Like, why is Kemba definite? Just because he's made it before and you think the voting's going to be that way? He's made it before. But, like, if you had to rank the three, three players... He's made it before three times. Who's most deserving out of the three? What do you think Kemba is most deserving yes. over Jason and yes. Jalen? Kemba that? is the center of their offense. He's the force that drives everything they do. He's the guy that teams pay the most attention to. If you watch Jalen's highlights during the Toronto game, a lot of his jumpers are like, Kemba draws two and looks over the top. And, oh, there's Jalen Brown wide open. And... I think Kemba is the guy who drives it. Kemba's shooting has been obscene. Uh, he's shooting 41% from the three-point arc on almost, almost 10 attempts per game. That's wild. My brothers and I were talking about this. I watched the Christmas game with them. He doesn't have like the range of the Stephen Currys and Damian Lillards and Kyrie Irvings. Like he's no, not, but he can shop. He can he's, stop short at any coming around any screen and pull. He does. I, I was saying, and they made a good point that like. That matters because teams don't have to necessarily guard him like 30 feet from the arc. But he also has this insane ability to stop on a dime. He can get his shot off. And he, he can get shots off directly at the three-point arc in a way that not a lot of guys can. Like, he gets off a ton of threes, and he's been hitting them at just an awesome rate so far this season. To me, he's been their best player. I think their offense is just so much better when he's on the court. That, that would be my only... I, I agree. He's clearly taken most of attention and he's been uh, very good. It's like he scored, what, zero points there, three points the other night, but also set a season-high 11 assists. Like, he's very... Making the right read. Uh, if he's getting a lot of attention, he's dishing it out. The only argument, I guess, against him or rating the other players higher is, like, the Celtics also have a top-five defense Tatum and Brown are doing so much more switching, guarding so many more people, going up and going down. Kemba, he really has to like scramble out against most or bigger guys. He's, you would assume that Brown and Tatum are having a bigger impact defensively. Agreed, and I think that's part of the what made the Celtics so good is that they do have the point guard who cracks through the defense, and they do have the right types of guys around him who can switch and be versatile and make plays. And obviously Jalen and Jason, and I, I put them in a category of their own because Hayward has missed so much time and Smart has missed some time and doesn't handle as many scoring responsibilities as other, those other guys. They just carry so much from night to night. They have to play a 
ton of defense. They have to know every their scout report on basically every player they're playing because they might switch on to all 12 men they play. They are scoring a lot. They're asked to run pick and rolls. They're asked to do everything. And Kemba has really tried hard on defense. I didn't know. I guess I didn't watch enough Hornets to realize like how hard Kemba plays. And how many defensively. Uh, He's charges always, he's willing to take. Like, he's very much always in position and puts his body on the line. He, I didn't know it either. He's a big sacrifice to body guy. Um, Which is what you need at that size because he can really, like, slide under some dudes and, like, he's going to beat them to the spot every time because of quickness, but he's very willing to take charge. Okay, and before we go on in this all-star talk, Hayward, I think, has been the Celtics' second-best player when healthy. He just makes the right play all the time, and he hasn't been healthy as much as... Tatum and Brown, obviously, but you can run so much through him, and every single time he makes the right play. And he's, he's talking about making the right read, he just gets to like his spot every time and then makes the right pass, or just so many paint twos. Like I know we talk about like layups or threes, but if it's in the paint, it's a very good shot. I was watching my buddy who's a, a coach with the Hornets, uh, just watching the Christmas Day game, and he was noticing that just like Hayward is just so good at getting paint twos. He's like, I love paint twos. He coaches down in the G League, and he's just like, I wish we had more paint twos. And so that's what he's two point daddy. He's very good at it, and he's been um, quite good. He just needs to be healthy. Are you concerned at all about his like foot on the same like thing he had surgery with, like giving him pain throughout the year? Yeah, it doesn't sound great. Yeah, that I didn't go to that uh, practice, but then my brother was telling me the quotes coming out. I was like, oh, wow, that doesn't sound like a good yeah. for his foot. And, uh, I mean, they gave him a cortisone shot. It's nerve pain, I guess. Um, nothing structurally wrong. So, and I, I know the Celtics training staff knows a whole lot more than I do. They went to a bunch of doctors, <laughs> try to figure it out. They don't really know what's going on to cause the pain, which sounds like an issue to yeah, me. Yeah, it might be a big deal. But, uh, yeah, he's feeling better. I, I mean, that's definitely some – it's a concerning issue to, to keep – keep in mind over the rest of the season. I don't know how much it will affect him. I don't know how much it will affect the Celtics. Doesn't sound great. <laughs> Doesn't sound great. Not what you want to hear. And foot issues are always, to me, really scary because, like, you need your feet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but foot injuries, like, yeah, you, a very important part. You think about Grant Hill, who had foot injuries for a long time. Um, I know you think about Grant Hill. Grant Hill is my guy. That's Grant my, Hill's Jay's favorite player of all time. That is. Favorite player of all time. Um, now we're, we're on to the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown talk. And I think if the Celtics do get at least two All-Stars, it'll be one of those guys. Because they've been healthy the whole time. They're putting up 20-something points apiece. They're both averaging about seven rebounds a game. They are playing defense. They are... Doing a lot for the Celtics. I think both of them are... All right, let's do it. Let's, let's pick the team. Like, who's who do you think makes it? The starters are going to be Embiid, Giannis. Let, let me pull up the standings. I actually... I, I went through this when I was... I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I took notes somewhere. They're not with me. Uh, okay. So, Embiid, Giannis, Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Automatic. Three automatics. Jimmy Butler is going to be on there. As a starting guard? I don't know starting guard, but he'll be on there somewhere. Okay, I think I would get Kemba and probably Jimmy Butler at this point. I can't... Kemba, so that that's five right there. 
Um, you've got Bam Adebayo will be in very much contention. in contention. Demontis Sabonis will be in contention. Malcolm Brogdon will be in contention. I, I got eight right there. Spencer Dinwiddie will be in contention. Kyle Lowry will be in contention. That's 10 right there. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton will be in contention. Absolutely. That's 11. Ben Zach, Simmons. Zach Levine's averaging God knows how many points. Zach Levine's not making the all-star team. You can't be on okay. the Chicago Bulls. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal I will, would, will certainly be in votes. contention. Um, Kyrie Irving. Hell no. That guy's hurt. He's not going to be will, an all-star team. Will he get voted in? I don't even remember how much percentage the fan vote oh, matters yeah. anymore but he might that's yeah dumb. i'm surprised Dwayne um, wade's not gonna be voted in it's ridiculous so w- when you look at it even further down hawks are six and 25 trey young is averaging like 29 points a game he trey young's not an all-star he can't be that bad i'm just saying he will have a chance to make the all-star team these are all guys who will have a chance to make the all-star team evan fournier evan fournier is not making the all-star team jay king you're lying to the people he could andre drummond could no, make the team. He's after the All Star slander like 17, you talked about, Andre Drummond. He's made the All Star team before. I don't. I don't select the All Star team. I have <laughs> nothing to do. I'm with asking who you think team. should be an All Star. Okay. I know you don't respect the game, Andre Drummond. That is that is true. <laughs> I slander Andre Drummond as probably as much as anybody does. Uh, I'm just saying, like there are a lot of guys who could make the All Star team of the East. I think Tatum and Brown both have a legitimate case. To, to so be shouldn't they just team? both make it? Like, who are they? Who are they competing with? Like, Malcolm Brogdon is averaging like nineteen and eight, and his team is twenty-one and ten without Victor Oladipo. Um, I mean, when you just look at the entire conference, like there are a lot of there are a lot of pros, <laughs> a lot of a lot, lot of a lot of good basketball players, a lot out of bros, there. yeah. So. I, I don't know exactly who it'll come down to. You know who's going to get voted in is Taco. I can, ben I can ben Simmons. We didn't say Ben Simmons. He's, I mentioned Ben he's Simmons. He's, a, he's absolutely going to. He has a spot. Yeah. You think Kyle Lowry? Al getting, Horford will probably be close. Al Horford's going to get no shine being in Philadelphia. I'm just saying. like He's he's pretty worthy of an all-star consideration. So is Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is not worthy of an all-star Would you like to hear his stats? I would love to hear his stats. Let, let me pull up Tobias Harris's stats. People in Philadelphia wouldn't even argue this point, Jay. You're just being a contrarian. I'm not being a contrarian at all. He's averaging 20 and 7 and 3 assists uh, on he's... 49% shooting and 35% from beyond the arc. You know what that sounds like? A lot like Tatum and Brown. And he's contributing to a top defense. So that sounds very – the cases are very similar. When you look – the more you look the through – The story's it, not by him. He's, a, he's not a <laughs> – I'm just saying, man. I mean, that's a good point. I didn't know he's, Tobias Harris's numbers were that good. I just feel like, in my heart, I know he's not an all-star. And that's what I'm going on right now. Okay, but you have to be realistic about this. You have to, like, really think to yourself and wow. and look at the stats and look at the numbers and look at the actual reality instead of just thinking you are a big Celtics fan and you would like to see <laughs> three points on the team. Okay, let's say it does come down to one spot. And I had to give my vote? Either Brown or Tatum. Hmm. Who does it go to? And it, I go back to the first segment. It's so unfair to these two guys. Yeah, I was going to say, like, who do you think would piss? Like, people like, are like, how would they would react to it? Pitting them against each other. 
Who do you think would react better to becoming an all-star? Who do you think would react worse to being, like, or who would react better to being I, snubbed? I think Jalen would Jaylen be, would like, react be, better to being snubbed. Yes. I think Tatum, for, like, I think if for, for the general psychology of the team, I think it'd be better if Tatum went. Because Tatum, like, wants to be that star. Okay, but who deserves it? I think it's Tatum. I think Tatum, I've actually been very, very impressed with Tatum's defense this year. I know his, like, he's not shooting as much as, like, as high, uh, as many points as they would like, but... I think he's just been very good on the defensive end. And if you just, like, I don't know what the net rating or the plus-minus numbers, like, really translates, like, statistically what that means. But he's very good at that. And he's just, like, when he's on the court, they're winning. He seems to be making very good decisions. Uh, yes, he needs improved shots. But he has, like, I would assume, I've not looked this up, but very high usage on the team. Well, I don't know what Second it is. Second highest usage. After Kemba. He might even be... Higher than Kemba at this point. Like, exactly. Because he has the ball in his hands so often and he's just he's making the right read. He's getting and his rebounding, I think, is like very uh underrated and it's not you really know talked who's, about. Uh, got more rebounds per game. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. That's impressive too. Both of them going back. Um I don't know. I just, I've been impressed. Actually that's with, not true. Tatum has more. Yeah, I that was actually kind of surprised by that. But I think uh <laughs> by point two though. There's both very good rebounders, which I think is why the Celtics have been very good. Is like those wings falling back and getting rebounds. Jalen's got a higher defensive rebound rate, though. Ooh. Okay, what do you think about Ennis Cantor, the most polarizing player on Celtics Twitter? Because there's just a faction, mostly the weirdies. He's been pretty good. Hate, hate, his uh, rebounding has been ridiculous lately. They'll counter that a lot of his rebounds come after his own missed shots. Well, they do, but also <laughs> he tracks down. Like he he hunts the offensive glass so hard that guys foul him and he's so good at being directly back. under the basket and just being a pest, and he's so good at that. And it's but like we're, yes, we're he's talking all star game, man. I know I got distracted. Why, why are you throwing? I have attention deficit disorder. Things okay. come up. So you'd put Tatum over Brown. That was just what my gut said, but like I don't know. I think they're both very good. It's weird because, like. I want to give Tatum credit, and I think I'm going. I I would put Tatum on the All Star team too over Brown. It feels like Brown's been more. Even consistent. though Brown has had a more efficient season, I feel like there's more on Tatum's shoulders. Like he has to initiate more offense. He has to. Yeah, no, because more Jalen is still just like the beneficiary of all the attention being going going to Kemba, and then all the attention going to Tatum. Tatum, it feels like, is the guy who comes in and is the second unit, uh, and he plays with the bench, and like then he gets uh, all the attention there. It feels like he's very much taking on more responsibility on the offensive end and still picking up the numbers he is. Whereas Brown, it feels like he's the when he shoots threes, it's just catch and shoot threes, and then he can like attack the basket. He's slashing off like after being passed to for the initial action, and so like that's where it feels like Tatum has much more responsibility. Where Brown is like just being the best role player he could be. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with that. And obviously Tatum, his true shooting percentage is 52.1, where Jalen's is 61.4. Like, that's a huge gap. And Jalen has averaged almost as many points per game on considerably less usage. But I just feel like, like you said, like Tatum, when he's on the court, he'll carry the offense. Whereas Jalen, when he's on the court, and he's the only guy, things would flounder a little bit. You would never want to put Jalen on the court, ideally, if everyone's healthy with, like, just the rest of the bench. You would want Jalen and Hayward and Hayward to handle the ball. Yeah. It, Tay- it, like, again, it's it's not fair to, like, compare them because they do different things. And like they say, they're fire and ice. They uh, 
approach the game very differently. They play in completely different ways. They have on this team, even though they share some of the same responsibilities, like very different roles, and they get their points and they get their similar stats in very different ways. It's so weird to compare them to me and to rank who's better, who's That's higher. what you've been asking me to do this entire exercise. I know, <laughs> but it's because it, it is interesting. It's, it's an interesting discussion point. I don't know if I'm right when I say I would put Tatum on the all-star team. In a lot of ways, I think Jalen has had a better season. But it's, I don't know. It is the weird thing. It's like, like Jalen's like very, how am he's I saying, killed his role, but it's like Tatum deserves more credit because he feels like he's done a little bit more difficult. But if you're just looking at like what successful at what's in front of them, it feels like Jalen's been more consistent and the numbers say he's been more efficient. So it's like you probably should credit that, but there is this innate feeling of like, Tatum's like has more on his back, but it's a team game. It's probably weird to isolate it down to one and, thing at the same I, time. I think what's very important for the Celtics is we can compare them. Other media can compare them. Talk shows can compare them. They play very well together, and they play very well together with Gordon Hayward, and they've played very well together with Kemba Walker. And when you put those guys together, and the Celtics have obviously done it, They've had some ridiculous moments with their starting lineup on the court. It's only played eight games so far. They're they're like plus 27.7 points per 100 possessions with their usual starting lineup on the court. And I don't know how sustainable that is. I don't know whether that will fall substantially as the sample size grows. But they haven't been healthy very often, and they're still they've still been very good. And the players in Brown and Tatum and Kemba, like they've just been able to raise their games when guys go out, but not lose anything from a team perspective when the guys come back and do play. So I think that's been really impressive. Like even when guys take a step back statistically, like the team success is there and they've been able to flourish alongside each other. And it's funny because when you look at all the points per game guys are averaging with Kemba with his 22 or 23 or whatever it is and Tatum with his 21 or 22 and Brown with his 20 and Hayward with his 17 or 18. You think about last year and it's like all those guys could have eaten together if they just <laughs> played the right way. Like you can if get you just, yours. Yeah. If you if you just pass the ball and play the right way, like the game will be good to you. But they didn't get it then. They seem to get it now. And that is – a very, very big deal. Long day at work? Tough day at school? Still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code CELTICS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code CELTICS. Don't forget, that's promo code CELTICS for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. We are at the 10 predictions portion of the podcast. Ooh. Uh, if you missed it, I wrote 10 predictions for 2020 on The Athletic. Sam did not read the story. Did not read it. Not a... I was doing Christmas and stuff. I didn't really spend a lot of time on my phone. Today is the 26th at 9.20 p.m. 
Sam has had plenty of time since Christmas to... I was helping my mom move stuff today. I just didn't have time to read. That is a very good... Well, yeah, if you want to read, you should go to theathletic.com <laughs> slash anything is potable. Give away some subscriptions because this is the free show. If you want to read that article, that's where you get it. Go do that. Anyway, I told Sam that I predicted the Celtics would win 56 games, which is way above my early prediction of 49. You're at 49, yeah, 49 before the season. Before I think I was season. at 52. 49 before the season. Now I'm at 56. They're on a 60-win pace right now. That would actually be slowing down a little bit from what they've done so far. What exactly did you want to talk about regarding? Well, just like what is their ce- like ceiling? What is about them makes you think that they can be that good? Because I agree, and I think like you mentioned that their starting lineup has not played that many minutes together because of they just haven't been healthy, and they've been able to play this well, kind of with one of their guys being on the shelf for the entire time. I'm just one. I'm excited to see that the five man lineup that like I think is the best is which with Smart in there with the four other guys we talked about the five twos perhaps. Uh, but like just to see how Stevens uses the depth with Tice with a healthy Time Lord, like I, they could be a very good regular season team, and like they are on a sixty win pace, and I don't see what exactly would slow them down in the in like the ceiling scenario where everyone comes back and is just like pretty healthy for the rest of the season. Yeah, and obviously like they've had a tough luck of injury, injury so far. Hayward has been out for a while. Brown missed some time. Marcus Smart has encountered every single oh my God. possible What's going on? Like his eyes, he's, he suffered for us. He apparently <laughs> just worried about going blind. His eye conjunctivitis, I think that's what it was. Viral conjunctivitis was that bad. Jam just opened a beverage, which... Best way from a can. Best way from a can. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they've definitely exceeded my expectations. I think Tatum and Brown being as good as they've been on both ends is a big deal. I think Hayward coming back and showing he's healthy enough to be an all-star again is a big deal. Kimball Walker needed no time to get acclimated. Daniel Tice is a legitimate starting center. Um, Danny two blocks. Ennis Cantor, the team has been very good, even stingy defensively with him on the court, which is... Interesting, just an interesting thing to note, interesting thing to be aware of is that the Celtics defense has been awesome with... What is it, like 98 defensive 99.2, I think, maybe? Below 100. Anything below 100 is good. Is elite, and that's with Ennis Cantor on the court, ladies and gentlemen. So I think those things have all broken the right way for the Celtics. And I think that that raises their ceiling in the regular season. I think that gives them a chance against just about any team in the playoffs. Except for 76ers. I, I still think they have a chance against the 76ers. The 76ers, look, they're a flawed team. They have they issues. Are, their offense they is have, bad, but they have They have issues, size. but they also have Joel Embiid, and that's just going to be a, a If Joel problem. Embiid tries for four games, like, the, their defense is very, very good. I see. This is what I'm trying to think, like, figure out with the Celtics is, like, how important is the second seed – in trying to, there's basically six good teams in the East. And so second seed, you avoid playing one of those good teams in the uh, next round. Then in the second round, you have home court advantage. I think, I think they can beat the Bucks. I actually think the Celtics could beat the Bucks perfect, better, more so than they could beat the Sixers. Perfect world for the Celtics. They finish second. I mean, perfect world, they'd finish first. Bucks would finish second. They, Sixers I don't think would they can catch third. the Bucks. 
But realistically, perfect world, they finished second, the Celtics. The Heat or somebody Heat, else. Or someone finishes finish third. third. Yeah. And then they avoid the Bucks and Sixers in round two. And then the Bucks take out the Sixers, and then you take out and the Bucks. Then, and then you get to the NBA Finals, and anything can happen. Anything is possible! Sorry. I yeah, just felt the moment. You might have just woken up my roommate who's sleeping. But he should know about the potable thing. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> now now he knows. But how crazy like how crazy is that uh or how important is that two seat? Because it feels like that's the way like they have to have a chance because I do think they are very good and have that ceiling to get better and could like is saying that they could beat the Bucks in the series know, crazy. I don't think it's the seed as much as like just trying to avoid those teams that are really, really good. Well, they're gonna have to play them eventually. Do you okay, and rank like, the Bucks versus the Sixers in terms of a matchup for the Celtics? Am I Sixers are the toughest matchup, Bucks are the best team. And I don't know what that means in the playoffs. I the Bucks are still gonna have to prove it to me, even though they're like their net rating is ridiculous. They are just stomping on teams. Giannis they have been absurd. But then you look at like Embiid versus Tice, and what the hell do the Celtics do? So I think either of those teams is like, again, I, I've said this before, but those teams to me are tier one. Celtics, Raptors, Heat are tier two. And Celtics may be at the top of that. We'll see when they get healthy how they play. Um but they've been much, much better than I thought. I predicted in my uh, story that they would not trade for a big man, even oh, though they yeah. kind of need to trade for a big man, just because there are so many weird factors that will limit them in pursuing a good big man. But I think they'll get a, a big wing who can shoot a little bit. I think they get a stretch four that would be an upgrade on Grant Williams and Shimmy Ojale. Where do they by trading someone like Shemi Ojale? Like, is it it's a less than five million dollar guy? I would assume You're, they're not making an yeah. upgrade on. They're not no. trading Marcus Smart, basically. So it, it has to. It be would like, be somebody like Jay Crap, expiring contract. Can can give you a, a, at least a shooting threat, is, even though his shooting percentages haven't been the same since he left Boston. Um, is Jay Crowder that much better than what like Grant is giving them right now? I know Grant's not the biggest shooter, but he has size, and I, I think they have. I'd some, like to see a sample. What about Romeo? Is providing some nice like wing depth in terms of guarding on the perimeter, and like, Romeo has played like thirty NBA minutes. Yeah, and I don't been know fun. what Romeo can do. I do know um, there was a lot of overreaction when he hit two threes. Yeah, I didn't expect him to hit any shots. He was shooting with a ping pong paddle earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, I. I will admit Romeo looked pretty good in that one stint he had against uh, who was it at home? Whoever it was at Pistons home. Pistons or it, Hornets? The the one he played twenty three minutes. It was the Hornets game when he played twenty three minutes. Hit a couple threes, got it some rebounds. He has seems to have like a nose for the basketball. I'm he hustled his ass off. He hustles. I'm certainly not ready to sit here and tell you. He will deserve a spot in a playoff rotation. And he doesn't need to, though. He just like needs but to But you be... just said, what about Romeo? I was just bringing him up. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like he was relevant to the discussion. Okay. I mean, is he, like... I just, I guess I'm questioning how, like, considering the depth, how much they really need another piece. Like, who, just... are, they, who are they upgrading over? I understand, Grant, like, you look... Shemi. Upgrade the Shemi, o- what is Shemi o- minutes Upgrade right over now? Shemi and Grant. 
would be nice. I don't know if Jay as Crowder. A big, I don't know how much of an upgrade or whether Jay Crowder as would be a small an upgrade, but, but something like who that. can shoot. Yeah. Like I mean that yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense to me because then you space the floor for your main guys. You maintain the versatility that separates you from. Does that other player top exist teams. on the trade market? That well, that's why I say Jay Crowder because like he does, <laughs> and he's in the last year of his contract, and a guy like that would make sense. But and you wouldn't have to give up much. Yeah, and and I think the goal for the Celtics, like it's not discussed a lot, just how young they are. Like, Savvy vet presence. Like, I'm here for the Jay Crowder comeback. I was a huge fan of Jay Crowder in his time here. I'm you're you're selling me right now. What do you <laughs> give up for him? Not much. I mean, first round pick. No, I don't think Jay second Crowder round would, pick in Shemi Ojale. Uh, second round pick in something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm for it. I like Jay Crowder. He was intense. He was kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I don't I don't know exactly what the package would be. I don't even know if that particular package would work. Something tells me it would not work salary wise. But you could find a way to not give up much and get a guy like that. Um, and I think, like, if, if you upgrade the back half of the rotation, like, if the Celtics are healthy going into the playoffs, they'll have Marcus Smart coming off the bench. They'll have Ennis Cantor or Rob Williams coming off the bench at center. Those are the two guys who are assured a spot right now, right? And you have then, the steadiest hand in the league, Brad Wanamaker. It, He's been he's been he's been a rock. He's been pretty good. Don't act like Brad Wanamaker been has been good. a rock. But to me, like their supporting cast needs a little bit of more shooting. And if you can get like one guy, yeah, no. And maybe. if you can get that guy to be a guy with size and versatility to play stretch four and give you some physicality, veteran guy who just wants to win and goes about it the right way. Yeah, no, you're sold me. I'm sold on Jay Crowder. Let's bring him in. <laughs> Jay Crowder it is. Do you have anything else before we get to the? The Settlers of Catan? No, I, I'm all out of ideas. Then let's go to the Settlers of Catan. This is where we award the four, not the best Celtics, but the four Celtics who have been most, most worthy. Most deserving. Week, most deserving this week of a spot at Grant Williams' Settlers of Catan table. Which I might be getting a spot at my own Settlers, the, Grant Williams Settlers of Catan table soon. But well, fingers crossed. Packard is uh maybe maybe settling Catan with the man himself. Packard is working it, working it, backroom deals and such. Backroom deals and such. That was cryptic, but I like. <laughs> it. All right, uh, we'll let you get the first pick. We talked about it. To start the episode. It's obvious. Jalen Brown. Yeah. JB that, for three. Downtown Jalen Brown. That was not a particularly tough decision. I'm gonna go with Romeo. Ooh, after after you tried to caution me against me being hype against Romeo, then you come out with this. It wasn't that I was cautioning you. Well, I was cautioning you against the hype, I guess. But he had done literally nothing in his NBA career prior to the past week. He came in and played at least decent minutes. He didn't look lost. No, he was very good on the defensive end. Not very good, but... He, Not, was, like, he like, was playable. Playable. Brad Stevens doesn't play rookies if they can't hold themselves Romeo on Romeo Langford was playable. Woo! And after the a season where everything has gone wrong for him, he's had injury after injury after injury. And then he's gotten healthy and he's had more injuries. It was good to see at least flashes of his potential. Um, so Romeo Langford gets the second spot. I agree. And I think the next one's... Uh, obvious is is Tatum, the other guy we've been talking about. 
you score that many points in a game, um, you make the you make the Catan table. Thirty nine points is how many he scored. Yeah, I was I was I thought that, but I wasn't sure about it, so I didn't want to say it. But yes, thirty nine. He had many points. Many people were talking about Taco Fall, much to uh, Tim Bontemps' dismay. But uh, Tatum did score thirty nine points in the game, and it was dominant. I guess Catan table. Okay. Okay. Who's the fourth? I feel like the fourth is kind of tough. Cantor. We're we're giving it to Ennis Cantor. Um, First of all, I can't confirm or deny. He was cleared to travel to Toronto. Yeah, the story is a little bit. Second of all, man has rebounded like hell. He has been slapping together double doubles. He is. The Celtics are playing well with him on the court. Since Robert Williams went down, he's really their only backup center with size. He has done just. A very good job, and the Celtics have played well with him on the court. So, um, Anis Cantor. Yeah, I guess Anis Cantor. He, I agree with all your points. It comes down to me is that Jalen Brown won the Raptors game, Jason Tatum won the Hornets game, and so really it comes down to what happens in that Pistons game. I'm looking at the box score right now. Jalen and Jason each had 26, but Grant Williams hitting two three point shots. Yeah, but you know what? Points. You know what Cantor did that game? 18 rebounds. Yeah, but how many of them off his own miss? He only had five offensive rebounds. And Grant Williams was a plus 14, and his Cantor was a plus 11. I don't know. Grant Williams hit, what, two of three from three? Now that I think about it, Cantor has been, like, more productive in the other games. And, and, and to me— It's Grant Williams' table, though, man. He won't, he'll like the game. But Cantor won't play. To, he'll just be me, goofing around. He's a troll. To me, Cantor, it's Cantor. Yeah, no, I was like... Cantor's been solid lately. Seeing what Cantor did in this game, seeing what Cantor did in uh, Toronto and against the Hornets, he's been very solid. And he had the 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 full court heave that (laughs) slammed into someone in the front row on the left side of the court. And he said he was trying to take out someone from Turkey. Which is like 40 feet. It's a funny line. He's a funny guy. Uh, Yeah, we'll give it to Cantor. You've convinced me. Cantor, Cantor gets it. Grant will have his time. Javante had some some nice dunks. Javante had some crazy things. Racing the roof. Javante and Graham were doing a lot of that. I'm for that. Yeah. So that's it. That's that's all. That's all I got. You got that, anything else? That's all I got. That's all we got. This has been anything is potable podcast. To subscribe to us, go to iTunes, Spotify, follow us on the Athletic pod, Podcast, the the Athletic app, and we'll be here once a week for the free show, once a week for the subscriber show. That's it. For the Anything Is Potable podcast. Anything is potable! And my roommate has woken up again. <laughs>